It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, December 19th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. What a game last night. What an experience to be there for Kobe's jerseys retirement and then to see the undermanned Warriors really just uh, falter a little bit. But then, um, you know, Kevin Durant was Kevin Durant and made things happen in the uh, in the uh, fourth quarter and in overtime. And we were able to get that win and keep the streak alive. I'm hoping that the streak continues until Christmas so that we can meet the uh, the Cavaliers with a winning streak under our belts and so that we can keep pace with the streaking uh, Houston Rockets who just won their 14th straight game behind brilliance from James Harden and Chris Paul. So I'll be talking about the game and what it was like to be there for, for uh, Kobe's um, special night. Uh, I'm going to do my Warrior of the Week, uh, Clay Thompson, um, in the second segment and uh, then that's probably going to spill over into the third segment as well. Um, and I do want to talk a little bit more about Kobe, too, um, just because he um, is such an icon. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm not a, like Laker fans. Uh, like I was I, you know, I was wearing a Warriors jacket at the game last night. I, you know, I got some 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 flack from some Laker fans. That doesn't really happen at Oracle. People at Oracle don't treat uh, visiting fans uh, poorly, but uh, in Los Angeles they do. So uh, I heard a lot of um, really smart basketball conversation and commentary as I was people watching and people listening, and I heard a lot of really dumb comments too. And that makes me um, very um, happy to to be a part of Dub Nation, just because um, it's such a an educated group of, of basketball fans. And, you know, that, that, that really comes from, I, th- I think, the many, many lean years that we had before um, Stephen Curry was drafted. So, um, you know, kudos to uh, Dub Nation for keeping it classy and for uh, keeping it uh, 100. You can find my written media on Forbes.com and BleacherReport.com. You can also get in contact with me via email at AlicoCarter11 at gmail.com and via Twitter at Kojitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E. Make sure that you visit Locked On Warriors and Locked On NBA Net on Facebook and hit that like button. Like Locked On Warriors on Instagram and Go to LockedOnWarriors.com 
and bookmark that page. All right, first things first, there was a game that was played last night, and uh, Kevin Durant was once again fairly brilliant, nearly a triple-double, eight assists, two away from a triple-double. He had 35 points, uh, 36 points, excuse me, and um, 11 rebounds, and um, I, I wasn't happy with uh, the shot that he took at the end of regulation, um, where he kind of was just dribbling the, the clock out and then uh, hoisted a deep three-pointer uh, from near the top of the key. Um, I thought that uh, the Warriors could have gotten a better shot. Um, uh, a shot through the offense. Obviously, I have no problems with Kevin Durant taking the last shot, um, and he took the last shot in overtime as well, getting a much better shot where he was able to get to his spot, um, cross um, his man over. Uh, was his man Lonzo? I think I think he crossed Lonzo over, and then got to uh, a spot with a, a solid 19-footer. Um, that he just drained, buried. Uh, that was a better shot than, than the shot he took at the end of regulation. But he had another brilliant game. Uh, the Warriors are playing at a league average pace without Stephen Curry. They're shooting a lot fewer three-pointers, but the defense hasn't gone anywhere. Um, even without Draymond Green, uh, the Warriors defensively were um, very good. Well, maybe not very good. They held the Lakers to 44% shooting. Um, they allowed 29 points in two different quarters, uh, so they could have done a little bit better. The second and the third quarter weren't great, uh, but then in the fourth quarter, um, when the offense was kind of stagnant and the Lakers' defense was locked in, the Warriors' defense was also locked in, um, and uh, there was just one defensive kind of lapse at the end of regulation. Kevon Looney uh, allowed, um, I believe it was... Uh, Cantavius Caldwell Pope, I think, to get to the rack and, and get an easy basket. Um, and uh, that tied the game up um, and sent it into overtime. And I just kind of, you know, wanted him to maybe just he didn't use his uh, size as well as I would have liked him to in this game. Julius Randle pushed him out of the way a bunch of times and. Um, I know he lost weight over the offseason, and that's great because he's not carrying as much weight on his hips, but um, I want him to play bigger. Uh, he didn't play super big tonight. Uh, Clay Thompson had an all right game. Um, he didn't shoot extremely well. He didn't take a ton of shots, um, and uh, but his defense was... Uh, stout, and he made some 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 important shots, some some big shots, uh, but uh, he was six of twenty four. Oh, I didn't even realize he was that bad. And um, Durant was ten of twenty nine, uh, which is also woof. Um, interestingly, Kobe Bryant shot six of twenty four in Game Seven of the two thousand and ten Finals. That's when I lost most of my respect for his game. But that's neither here nor there. Um, they, uh, the Lakers held the Warriors to 40.2% shooting, but the Warriors talent went out. Um, and Nick Young had a good game off the bench, 18 points, David, uh, sorry, uh, 10 points. Um, Armory Caspi had a great game off the bench, 14 points. And, um, those two were very helpful in, um, making sure that the, uh, that, the Warriors were able to stay in the game. Also, David West with the block of the night. Uh, well, 
Mm. Jordan Bell might have had the block of the night, but David West had the most important block of the game, which was uh, to save the um, to save the uh, to save the game. Essentially, uh, Kevin Durant made the made the nineteen uh, footer. And then Lonzo came down the other way, tried to challenge the 37-year-old David West, and West was having none of it. Get that ish out of here. Um, and that that's game. That's ball game. And uh, the Warriors, I think, just even though it wasn't their best effort, and even though they, um, they were down, um, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, um, Zaza Pachulia, and... Um, Sean Livingston, I think it was the talent that won out. I think it was the um, the uh, veteran nature of the team that won out. The Lakers are young. The Lakers are young, and um, they had um, chances to win the game. But, you know, the Warriors used to lose games like this, too, like uh, back in 2012, 2013, uh, sometimes 2014. They would have the game in hand. They would be playing better than their opponent, and they would still lose because the opponent had a little bit more of a veteran kind of uh, mentality about them. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Cisco. Modern Modernization Today has the products you need to modernize your workplace, like Wi-Fi booster crystals. Let their metaphysical powers enhance connectivity and spiritually awaken your Internet of Things. At CDW, we get crystals won't modernize your network. You need Cisco Catalyst access points that are Wi-Fi 6 compatible and can help you improve reliability, increase capacity, and reduce latency. Cisco and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash Cisco. Hey, listeners. Is your company interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44? If so, look no further than the Locked On Warriors podcast. Make sure that you get in contact with me at alicocarter11 at gmail.com and I can get you all the information for our sponsors and our low rates. The Locked On Warriors podcast is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. If that's your company's target demographic, get at me. All right, let's talk about Clay, baby. Um... So Clay Thompson, like I said, 6 of 24 in that game. He gets nervous when he plays in Los Angeles. I was able to have a conversation with him on Sunday where we talked about basketball. This is one of the worst shooting nights he's had uh, this year. It's probably the worst shooting night he's had this year. Uh, But um, he's shooting a career high from uh, three and from the field. Uh, and nearly a career high from the free throw line. So uh, Clay is having just one of those years that kids really dream about when they're just shooting and shooting and shooting. Um, Because Clay is just shooting and shooting and shooting, and they just fall. Um, And he told me that 47% from three is a bit lofty, um, but if he can finish the league, uh, finish the... um, the season around 45%. He noted that Steph did uh, 
finished at 45% one year. Um, and so that's kind of an aspiration for him. Um, he's also, uh, locked in defensively, uh, in a way, uh, on the ball in a way that, um, is really helpful to the team. His defensive numbers are probably better than they have, uh, ever been in his career. We also talked hoops. Clay was wearing the Black History Month edition of his Anta KT3s. And as I've said uh, in the past on this podcast, the Anta KT3s are uh, very, very cool shoes. They have like a knit uh, situation. Um, they have a, uh, they're high tops um, and have a, uh, a kind of a, a strap around the top that has the Clay Thompson logo. You pull the logo off and um, it has a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. on it. Um, They're black, uh, white, and gold. They're very cool and they look really comfortable. Clay says he can play in any shoe, um, but uh, these are the most comfortable shoes that he has um, ever played in. And not only that, but they're the shoe that he had the most input in designing so far. So um, he's really excited about the product. And um, he told me that Anta isn't doing uh, a huge, huge push in the United States, that they're not too interested in um, that. That's growing. And, and he's part of the um, He's part of the push to, to enter Anta into the United States conversation, but right now they're uh, very, very focused on the Chinese market, and Clay is a huge, huge star in China, so that um, huge, bigger, a bigger star in China, honestly, uh, than he is in the United States, so that's... Um, that's uh, really fun for him. Him and his brother, uh, Michael Jr., got to go to uh, China for the Anta tour last year, and Anta um, really treated them um, extremely well and made sure that they uh, had everything they needed when, um, as, as they were you know, kind of traversing the Chinese terrain. But definitely check out those shoes, um, famujisneaker.com, F-A-M-U-J-I, sneaker.com has all the colorways available right now um, that haven't been obviously sold out they do sell out um, they're not um, uh, there uh, it seems like their inventory is uh, the right amount right now I know um, the inventory for the uh, curry three was uh, they really overshot it um, and so they and they overshot it for the KT2 as well. And so they had a huge sale at the end of last season. But the inventory to uh, for the KT3 and the Curry 4, honestly, are um, more in line with um, demand. So um, check out those shoes if you want them. If you want to be like Clay, um, play like Clay. Play like Clay, right? Hashtag play like Clay. Get those shoes. Clay will also be a part of a very exciting new partnership to be announced in February of 2018. Stay tuned to my page at Forbes.com around that time, and I'll be sharing all of the details. We also got a chance to talk about Oakland. Clay is, uh, he has an affinity for Oakland, um, for the people and um, the passion that he feels that exudes uh, from the town. And um, it was really awesome to hear him talk about, um, you know, how special of a place Oakland is and how um, nice it is 
uh, for him to play there um, in front of some of the most, uh, like I said, passionate but also knowledgeable fans in the NBA. Um, so that was really cool to hear for me as an Oakland native um, and someone who um, really enjoys it when um, our sports stars kind of grow to love Oakland. And, you know, Clay, uh, he kind of became the man he's going to be um, in Oakland. Um, and that is just extra exciting. So there you go. Clay Thompson is my warrior of the week. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. All right, back to Kobe. I had some great conversations about Kobe and his career um, with uh, the people I attended the game with yesterday. And... um, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, he's a top 10 player ever. He's the greatest Laker ever. I do put Magic Johnson above Kobe Bryant um, on the all-time list of great players um, just because of showtime, because of um, how unprecedented Magic's game was to the NBA. Um, him and Larry Bird really uh, put the NBA on the national map in the 80s and made it more popular than it had ever been. So I do give them both the nod over Kobe Bryant. They also did a better job of making other players around them better. But as far as sheer Laker love, Kobe Bryant definitely gets the nod. He holds all of the Lakers um, all-time, excuse me, all-time records, scoring, uh, three-pointers, steals, games, um, and uh, a number of other metrics. So uh, he definitely, in my opinion, is the greatest Laker ever. One comparison that we don't hear a lot is Kobe Bryant versus um, um, Tim Duncan as the greatest player of their generation. And once again, uh, for me, Tim Duncan gets the nod just because of all of the things that they that they both did well. Tim Duncan did a better job of making uh, his players around him better uh, than Kobe did. Uh, and Kobe obviously got better at that. Uh, but I mean, there is just stories about him relentlessly trash talking players um, on the practice court like Sasa Vujicic. And there's even a video of him doing it to Jeremy Lin uh, when Lin was playing for the Lakers a few years ago. Um, and it was not nice. I mean, he was a really mean guy on the court to his own teammates. And, um, you know, that's just that that's not greatness to me. Um, and so that's why uh, that's why Tim Duncan gets the nod uh, in my book over 
you know, because you get five championships, scoring titles, MVPs, all that stuff. You can put their careers up against each other. But um, Kobe was just um, not as much of a leader as as Tim Duncan was. So my rankings for the greatest players of all time right now are um, are um, starting with Michael Jordan, obviously, Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson. Ooh, no, 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 no. Sorry, I forgot about LeBron. Duh. Um, Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or maybe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and then LeBron James, but Kareem had a sneaky good 20-year career. Um, He won six championships, uh, five with the Lakers and one with the Milwaukee Bucks. He won six MVP awards, which is one more than Michael Jordan won. Uh, and he has the largest gap between finals MVPs of any player in history. Um, he was very, very good, um, but he's got one of those um, one of those careers kind of like Tim Duncan because, I mean, he's much more talkative than Tim Duncan, obviously, but he's kind of humble and, and doesn't advertise himself like that crazily. Um, and so, um, you know, it's easy to sleep on Kareem, Lou Alcindor, uh, but, um, Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, um, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, and then Kobe Bryant. So like I said, top 10 player all time, definitely. But, um, the other players on the list get the nod over him just because, uh, they made the players around them better, um, just more consistently. But there's some other ways uh, Kobe's career um, should have been, I think, recognized a little bit more than uh, than it was. Um, that year that he had his 81-point game, he averaged 35 points a game. I believe he should have won the MVP that year. That, all, that was the year that uh, Steve Nash won his second MVP award. Um, but Kobe... Um, Kobe was the better player. Kobe didn't have a team around him. He carried that team on his back to 45 and 37, and they met Nash's sons in the first round, went up 3-1, and then shat the bed and um, lost the next three games. That was heartbreaking. For a while during this period, from about 2006 to about 2010, Kobe was my favorite non-warrior player. Um, I loved watching him play. I was rooting for him against the Celtics and the Magic and the Celtics in the finals. Um, It was really, really exciting just to see the array of just what he brought to the table, the footwork, the the precision, um, the uh, the Mamba mentality, for lack of a you know less cliche term, uh, Kobe was um, was basketball for me for for a really solid period of time, and I just loved watching his game over LeBron's because his game was so beautiful, his shot was so beautiful. He just it's like they call um, in Brazil they call. They call soccer Jogo Benito, the beautiful game. Um, I, I would apply Jogo Benito to uh, Kobe Bryant's game um, definitely during this, uh, during this period when I was um, in late high school, early college. 
the night itself was magical. Um, the Jumbotron had all of these messages from um, people who played with Kobe, people who played against Kobe, um, coaches. Though, interestingly, no appearance from Phil Jackson on the Jumbotron or in the arena at all. I was really, really... that I thought that was so odd, and nobody's mentioned it, but Phil, um, I'm just not sure why he wouldn't um, get... Um, get a chance to speak to Kobe on this special night where both of his jerseys were retired. He coached Kobe for all five of his championships. Um, but his stock has really fallen since he got booted out of New York last year. Um, and uh, maybe he's just chilling, you know, uh, on vacation in, in, in Japan or, or something, getting his Zen on. But, um, you know, ever since he uh, left the Knicks and uh, him and Jeannie Buss broke up, he's been keeping a very low profile. I just... Uh, I'm really surprised that Phil did not make any sort of appearance at last night. Um, they gave away uh, both of uh, – there was a double jersey giveaway, so everyone in attendance got a number 8 and a number 24 replica jersey, um, which is a really classy move by the Lakers organization. Um, I'm sure you've seen on SportsCenter Kobe's uh, comments and speech, but he was very um, – he was um, poised and – and uh, he was Kobe, you know, and, uh, you know, he spoke directly to his daughters. It was it was um, a beautiful moment. And he gave he paid homage to everybody that came before him, everybody on the uh, Lakers um, Hall of um, the Lakers retired jersey numbers um, and everyone that he used to watch growing up when he was balling up his uh, dad's tube socks and shooting them into the uh, trash can. So all in all, it was a really magical night, despite Laker fans um, not being very nice to me. But, you know, it's it's uh, it's a occupational hazard, I guess, uh, being a Warrior fan or being a, a fan of any other team than the Lakers in Los Angeles. But um, that's my pod for the day. Be sure to tune in tomorrow where I will be um, talking Warriors in the first segment I'll be doing my statistical deep dive in the second segment, and then the third segment will be a surprise. So I'm looking forward to having all my listeners back. I'll be back in Oakland tomorrow, and uh, make sure that you go to LockedOnWarriors.com and bookmark that page. Go to Facebook, LockedOnWarriors, LockedOnNBANet, and like those pages. Go to Instagram, LockedOnWarriors, and like that, and follow that account. Like I said before, you can get in contact with me if you just want to chop it up about hoops, if you have any suggestions for subjects or guests, um, let me know. Um, or email me at alicocarter11 at gmail.com. You can reach me on Twitter at Kojitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E. Stay thoughtful, hoops heads. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider.
This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you are looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.